It's time for you all to wake up and shift your paradigm. This world is the kingdom of darkness and we are living in its last days. It won't be long before the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. The heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat and the earth and everything therein shall be burnt up. The Luciferian elite have been setting up the new world order and now they've established the globalist beast system for the rise of that wicked one and revealing of the man of sin who comes after the workings of Satan. Don't take my word for it. Read the Bible and you'll know that perilous times shall come in the last days. And we are in the last days. Listening to the Fourth Watch with Justin Fall on the Fourth Watch Radio Network. I hope everyone's having a blessed week. Tonight we'll be taking a journey into another obscure and mystical practice that has a dark and magical history. And with the Halloween season still permeating, this practice will continue making many appearances at gatherings and seances alike. We'll be going through an exposition of a dangerous and seductive key that can open up demonic portals of grave proportions. Some call it a witch board, and tonight we see exactly why. We've got a lot to cover, so let's go ahead and start the adventure. Submitted for the approval of the Fourth Watch Radio Network, I call this episode Ouija, The Dark Truth. Well, it's officially Thursday, and that means it's officially time for the fourth watch. It is such a blessing to be back with you all, and we've got a great show on tap tonight. If you're a new listener, we're very grateful to have you tuning in, and we want to let you know that there's a brand new show posted every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard. Be sure to head on over to fourthwatchradio.com. That's F-O-U-R-T-H-W-A-T-C-H. R-A-D-I-O.com, fourthwatchradio.com. There you'll find show archives, links to our free mobile apps for Apple and Android devices, links to all of our websites, as well as a donate page that will show multiple ways you can help support the Fourth Watch Ministries. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes if that's your preferred method of listening. A couple quick reminders, Hollow Earth Chronicles is now on sale and available in multiple formats, including DVD and instant HD streaming. You can secure your copy right now at fourthwatchfilms.com. That's fourthwatchfilms, all spelled out, dot com. This is a powerful and groundbreaking, high-quality documentary that you won't want to miss. So be sure to get your hands on a copy or stream it today at fourthwatchfilms.com. Now, tonight we revisit some of my in-depth research into the dark realities surrounding the Ouija board a well-known key that opens up extra-dimensional doorways to various entities. 
In our modern world, it's referred to as Ouija or Ouija, but it's been a historic tool known as a talking board or even a seance board proving itself a successful track record for breaking through to the other side, or as we say, to the spirit realm. This is a vital topic to grasp, so please pay attention to tonight's broadcast, because this is not a game by any means. I need to give a parental disclaimer that there will be a few areas of graphic content in tonight's episode, some sexual in nature. I know we have a growing number of young children tuning in with their parents, So I want to go ahead and get that warning out there so you can decide how you want to proceed. We've remastered this audio broadcast for your listening pleasure, and I sure hope that you enjoy it. So with that said, let's go ahead and dive right in. It began at a party. It was only a game. When someone uses a Ouija alone, like Linda, she's very susceptible to the spirits she contacts. And the wrong spirit will take advantage of this. Pretty soon, all she wants to do is use the board. And once that's done, he's able to possess her. It isn't a game anymore. Which board? Don't play it alone. I'd like to start tonight by proving a supernatural reality. Many people will have doubt about some of the paranormal and even demonic stories mentioned tonight. So I want to go ahead and take us to the scripture just to proof text the reality of the claims we're about to get into. I'm going to take you guys to Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 18. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she for many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her the same hour. Now, the word we need to define here is soothsaying. According to Webster's Dictionary, soothsaying is the act of foretelling events. This later was known as fortune-telling or telling people of certain specific events that would eventually come upon them. So then we see that Paul had cast out the spirit from the girl, and this was the spirit which was responsible for the soothsaying, the fortune-telling. This is solid proof, folks, that this paranormal and demonic ability is in fact real. If it wasn't real, Paul wouldn't have cast the spirit out of the girl. We also learn here that spirits, which are demons, have certain capabilities that lie outside our dimension. They have the ability to see outside of our timeline to a certain extent. Now, this might frighten some of you people listening right now, but ladies and gentlemen, their power is only that which is allowed by Yahweh, the ultimate and holy God. So although there are some schmitty con artists out there that are definitely fraudulently taking people's money for fake fortunes, there is definitely a real and powerful realm of spirits that do contain the ability to soothsay and do signs and wonders that will get people highly addicted to spiritism and involvement in the occult. But on the other hand, folks, these spirits can be very dangerous and do much damage to people's lives, bodies, and souls. Now, I want to tell a few stories and go over some incidents surrounding the use of Ouija boards. Many of them started out as innocent and fun games, but eventually led to deep and dark demonic occurrences which have followed some people for their entire lives. 
The demonic oppression and paranormal activities not only affected the people involved in the original game, but also affected family members, and even in some situations, trickled down to the next generation of children experiencing demonic oppression and possession. Some users got so engulfed in the demonic spiritual communication that they ended up in much deeper satanic practices, and some even ended with suicide and mysterious deaths. The use of the Ouija board is officially performing a witchcraft seance, whether one is conscious of it or not. I want to take you guys back to the 1900s. The sleepy town of El Cerrito, California, made the national news on March 7, 1920, with the headlines, Whole Town, Ouija Mad. Horrified police arrested seven people, driven insane after using a Ouija board. One girl, only 15 and found naked, explained it was because she could quote-unquote communicate better with the spirits. In the following days, the madness spread to others in the town, including one police officer who ripped off his clothes and ran hysterically into a local bank. Officials quickly held a town hall meeting and decided to bring in mental health professionals to examine the entire population of 1,200. To prevent any future outbreak of Ouija mania, they made the rational decision to ban Ouija boards from the entire city limits. A Cottage City, Maryland boy began displaying unusual symptoms after his family experimented with a Ouija board. Odd manifestations occurred in his presence, the shaking of his bed and the sudden movement of room furnishings from their usual positions. The Washington Post first reported the incident on August 10, 1949. Several articles followed, each more sensational than the last. They told of the boy's tribulations and his cure by a Catholic priest. Except for a 1951 Fate magazine follow-up, the whole matter might have been a forgotten curiosity. That's not to be. In 1971, William Peter Blatty's novel about the incident hit the bookstands. It quickly became a bestseller, and a movie blockbuster followed. Its name? The Exorcist. The Bradbury Building looms bizarrely on the corner of 3rd and Broadway in the city of Los Angeles. It is an architectural marvel, and Hollywood filmmakers adore it. Filming within its walls such film noir classics as DOA, Blade Runner, and Seven. There is something about this building. Something weird. Something foreboding. Legend has it that George Wyman consulted his dead brother using a Ouija board before building it for Lewis Bradbury in 1893. An apprentice architect, Wyman, had little real experience and lacked confidence in his own abilities. Well, his brother didn't, apparently, and spelled out this message during a Ouija session quote-unquote, take Bradbury Building, it will make you famous. Ladies and gentlemen, he did, and it did. Married poets Ted Hughes and Sylvia Plath regularly held seances with a Ouija board, and it provided poetic inspiration as well as the more mundane results of weekly football matches. To the question, shall we be famous, the Ouija answered for Sylvia, fame will come, fame especially for you. Fame cannot be avoided, and when it comes, you will have paid for it with your happiness, your husband, and your life. The Ouija was eerily correct on all accounts. After the couple separated, Sylvia committed suicide. She won the Pulitzer Prize for Poetry posthumously. At least two rock bands credit the Ouija board for their original sounding names. The band Cheap Trick visited a psychic's house and adopted their name from a Ouija session as the board spelled out Cheap Trick and what was thought to be an answer to a mistaken question. A more famous tale is that of the group Alice Cooper, who allegedly conjured the spirit of a 17th century witch with the same name during a Ouija session. 
So impressed were they that they decided the new name would be perfect for the band. Fernier, the lead singer, also known as Alice Cooper himself, later stated that the name change was one of his most important and successful career moves. Six United States Army soldiers went AWOL when a Ouija board warned them of a coming global cataclysm. Broken taillights on their Volkswagen van gave them away and police had arrested them. The six, all with top-secret security clearance, were headed west to live like a survivalist group. An FBI investigation uncovered their Ouija board manifesto, complete with accurate prophecies of the Gulf War and the earthquake in Iran. New York City's destruction by a gas leak and the second coming of Christ have yet to occur, but were also included in the manifesto. The Army was understanding of the situation and gave the men honorable discharges, but reduced them in rank and docked them a half a month's pay. The group's leader currently tours and gives lectures on self-sustaining lifestyles. The scary thing that we see here, folks, through research, is that many accredit success and blessings from the Ouija rituals, and even become obsessed with performing the rituals religiously. But it never ends well. Eventually, folks, the piper will get paid. Amiko, Oklahoma grandmother, knifed her son-in-law to death after a session with a Ouija board. Carol Sue Elviker, 53, then packed her daughter and her two grandchildren into the car and drove toward Tulsa on Interstate 44. Along the way, she slammed into a road sign attempting to kill them all. Despite two broken ankles, she managed to vault a freeway median barrier, rip off her clothes, and run naked into the forest. Police arrested her and charged her with first-degree murder. She was found not guilty by reason of insanity, although her family and friends disclosed to the press that she had no prior mental illness, psychological problems, nor was she a user of drugs or alcohol. She was reported to have a regular obsession with her Ouija board that no one understood. The next story comes from Australia, where a seance was performed just for fun by a couple of friends. Many people will create their own Ouija boards using different items as the glass or the planchette, sometimes called the oracle. That's the little object that moves around on the letters. I'll be reading this story in first person the same way that it was submitted. The incident occurred about 13 years ago when I was 15 in a city near Perth, Western Australia. At the time, several strange things were happening, which I believed had to do with a seance my friend and I had played around with. Nothing much exciting happened during the seance, and to be honest, I thought my friend was pushing the glass and never thought much of it. That was until I began waking up at 3.15 a.m. every morning with a genuine sensation of total terror. I would lie awake in my bed with the covers over my head as I had a strange sensation of being watched, and I was afraid of what was in my room with me. I would lie there like that until the sun came up. I was always terrified of looking in a certain direction. Upon inspection, I found the glass which had been used in the seance. This took me by surprise because the glass had been disposed of, so I was certain that the glass was the reason for my sleepless nights. I once again disposed of the glass, however I kept experiencing the same feelings, and once again, upon inspection, came across the same glass in my room that I had already thrown in the garbage twice. This time I was determined to get rid of the glass, so I took it outside and I smashed it on the ground. I continued waking at 3.15am to the minute every night without fail and I started seeing strange, dark shadows. The shadows started as perfect black balls, which would circle my room, and then they would seem to disappear through my window. I put this off to paranoia and lack of sleep, and simply tried to ignore it and go back to sleep every night, still with my head under the covers. Finally, other people started noticing the shadows at my house, too, and at normal waking hours. And they would also say that at the end of my house where my room was, it just seemed a little creepy. 
Gradually, the shadows seemed to get bigger, but I continued to ignore them, that is, until one night. The family dog woke me up at 3.15 a.m. He was sitting next to my bed and he was making a crying sound. I figured the dog needed to go out, so I got up and I let him outside. As soon as I was back in bed, the dog was at my window, squeaking and carrying on, so I got back up and I let him back inside. As we came in, the bathroom light was on, letting light flood the hallway as I walked back to my room, where the dog started growling. I moved closer to the bathroom door so the dog could see that it was just me, as I was worried he was growling at my shadow. The dog walked slowly toward me, still growling, and sat next to my leg, growling at something that was behind me. In a flash, my thoughts raced. Oh my gosh, there is someone in my house. And I turned around and started running down the hallway. I saw what seemed like a huge bird. It had huge, outstretched wings that would have touched the roof and almost the floor. Its body ended where the wings did, and neither seemed to touch the ground. As it followed me down the hallway, the wings stayed outstretched and it seemed to glide as it moved. I did notice a small head in between the wings, but no features that I can recall. The creature seemed more shadow than flesh. I am certain that what I experienced and saw was real and could have in no way been my own shadow. I remember mostly the wings and the enormity of them as they towered over me and how it moved as it followed after me until it finally slipped into another room. I'm not really sure what happened to it after this, but my sister who was older and didn't believe in anything paranormal had some strange experiences involving a black shadow creature and some kind of sleep paralysis where she was surrounded by a bunch of people laughing at her as the black shadow circled over top of her. Now folks, it's not uncommon for people to experience a strange paralysis in bed while they're under a demonic attack. A good friend of mine who is now a minister suffered many night attacks just like this before he got saved out of a sinful life as a heavy metal roadie. Even Christians have reported stories of being oppressed by demonic entities as they lay in bed, while they're on vacations and mission trips, sleeping in strange places where demonic dominions are heavy. We don't know exactly what came of this family, but the story didn't leave off in a safe place of deliverance. This also rings familiar of some of the reports surrounding the Mothman demons. They're winged shadow creatures. Now, as I was doing research for this week's show, I came across what was actually a cry for help and a help forum of a Ouija board spiritist website. It was just posted about a week ago, and it's very frightening. This does contain some strong sexual content, so I need to give a warning that it's a description of a demonic attack of sexual nature. Victoria writes, My name is Victoria, and I'm 22 years old. I live in Dallas, Texas with my boyfriend, Daniel. So last week, my boyfriend and I were bored in our apartment watching the exorcism of Emily Rose. We started discussing our views on the paranormal life, and he eventually brought up Ouija boards. After 20 minutes of debating on whether or not it is real, he decided to prove me wrong. He brought out his Ouija board and set it on our kitchen table. He shut off all the lights and lit candles. After he got everything set, we began playing. It took a good five tries until we started to get answers. It said its name was Lennon, and it wanted me to be its bride. Of course, I began freaking out, so Daniel decided to shut the game off. Nothing happened after we shut the game, but three nights ago, something strange happened, and I feel like I'm going crazy. I was in bed with Daniel, he was watching a movie, and I was reading a book. Around midnight, we got tired and fell asleep. Here's the part I'm freaking out about. Late at night, I heard someone whispering in my ear, telling me, I love you. I wasn't in a deep sleep, and I thought it was Daniel, so I didn't bother getting up. 
I then felt something touching my thighs and rubbing on my crotch. Again, I thought it was Daniel, so I didn't bother getting up. Eventually, I felt something slide under my underwear, then I felt something wet start rubbing on my crotch. I let it go on for a few minutes because I thought it was Daniel. Soon I started moaning and gasping for air, and Daniel woke me up, wondering what was wrong. I asked Daniel why he stopped, and he replied saying, Stop what? I then explained to him what he was doing, or should I say, what I thought he was doing, and he said he was fast asleep and didn't know what I was talking about. At that point, I didn't say any more. I didn't explain what happened to me either. However, I feel this sensation every night and I want to make it stop. But I like it. I'm afraid and I need help. Signed, Victoria. Now, as preposterous as this may sound, folks, this is a common scenario involving what is called an incubus demon. An incubus demon is one that has been written about historically, which is a spirit or demon thought in medieval times to lie on sleeping persons, especially women, with whom it sought sexual intercourse. Again, I remind you that Victoria is crying out for serious help here. I feel it necessary to read one of the helpful responses to her cry. It reads, Victoria, that is the incubus demon. You have opened a door. The only way you can close that door is by repenting of it and by asking for forgiveness and the blood of Jesus to wash you clean and for him to remove that demon from your home. She goes on to say, I have had serious demonic experiences in my life and most people will be taken back through doors that they in fact opened. But somehow I was led to you. I have prayed for you and I know that Jesus loves you and also that he can change all that is wrong in your life by his love. Well, folks, I have to agree with this reply, and I know that repentance and deliverance through Christ is her only hope to escape this horrific, demonic, sexual bondage. The Ouija definitely opens a door that many instantly want closed, but they don't know how to close the open portal. On the same topic, I want to tell of a person who wrote a question in a post about seeking an incubus for a sexual relationship. How sick and demented can somebody really be that they want to invite one of these sexual demons, into a relationship. That just goes to show the state of our society. One reply stated that they needed to use a Ouija board to start the relationship. So it's common knowledge to many in the occult that the Ouija board is a medium for communication with spirits. Folks, it's not a game. It's not for your kids. It's not for anyone but people who are wanting to communicate with demons. There's a common demon that's been reported all over the world by Ouija users named Zozo. That's Z-O-Z-O. Many reports of people getting ill and feeling sick in their stomachs during the sessions. Smells of rotting meat, as well as a planchette or glass doing weird spinning shapes and motions, drawing symbols repeatedly on the board. This demon has brought death predictions that were absolutely precise and has also brought the presence of a chilling entity that screeches and creeps up on people. One woman even writes of her first child's death being predicted as the child would die inside of her womb. This prophecy was brought forth by the demon Zozo. Four months later, she gave a still birth. She has publicly warned people to stay clear of Ouija boards. It is not uncommon to find posts online warning people of the dangers of Ouija boards, directly from the mouths of personal demonic experiences. The December 1994 Consumer Reports published the results of a survey among 17,000 young people ages 10 to 14. They answered a query concerning what games they played with and which they enjoyed the most. Out of 83 games listed, 
Monopoly was number one, and the Ouija board was number two. The Ouija board is an alphabet board with a pointer used for various forms of divination and or spirit contact. Like many other forms of witchcraft and spiritism, its usage is ancient. Precursors to the Ouija date back to ancient times. In China, before the birth of Confucius, which is 551 BC, similar instruments were used to communicate with the dead. In Greece, during the time of Pythagoras, 540 BC, divination was done with a table that moved on wheels to point to signs, which were then interpreted as revelations from the unseen world. The rolling table was used through the 19th century even up to the times of the Fox sisters. Other such devices were used by the ancient Romans as early as the 3rd century AD and in the 13th century by the Mongols. Some Native Americans used squidlock boards to find missing objects and persons and obtain spiritual information. In 1853, the planchette came into use in Europe. The Ouija enjoyed enormous popularity during and after World War I, and this was a time when many people were desperate to try and communicate with loved ones who had been killed in the war. Professor Edmund C. Gruss, Ouija researcher and Christian author, as well as others, have documented the modern occult origin of this so-called parlor game, which is specifically designed to contact the spirit world. Famous warlock and Luciferian magician Aleister Crowley stated that it was not in fact a parlor game, but that it was a major piece of magical paraphernalia used for centuries in satanic rituals, which involved opening up spiritual portals between the worlds. In the year 1848, two sisters, Kate and Margaret Fox, contacted spirits and became instant celebrities and sparked a national obsession that spread all across the United States and even into Central and South America. It was the birth of modern spiritism in the Americas, although this was a popular practice already across Europe. There were many practices by the spiritists and mediums that closely resembled the talking board or the Ouija board, but the design as we know it today had not yet reached the country. The widespread practice of spiritism or spiritualism made for an open arms acceptance of the coming Ouija board into the Americas. In February of 1891, the first few advertisements started appearing in papers. One reads, Ouija, the wonderful talking board, and it boomed a Pittsburgh toy and novelty shop describing a magical device that answered questions about the past, present, and future with marvelous accuracy. Another ad promised never-failing amusement and recreation for all the classes. They claim that it provides a link between the known and the unknown, the material and the immaterial. Another advertisement in a New York newspaper declared it and testified that it was proven at the patent office before the patent was allowed. The Ouija board actually had been proven to work at the patent office before its patent was allowed to proceed. And today, even psychologists believe that it may offer a link between the known and the unknown. Its recent historical development began with prominent French spiritualist M. Planchette in 1853, and in 1899 was bought by William Fold, an inventor interested in spiritism who claimed to be a practicing Presbyterian, and he is often considered the modern father of the Ouija board. He believed the board was a reliable advisor on business matters and even social life, and he claimed that the board actually named itself in a session with a medium. Fold tells several supernatural stories of his personal encounters with the board, and even how it gave him instruction to his success. Interestingly enough, Fold died in what many call a mysterious accident atop the factory where the Ouija boards were mass-produced.
In February of 1927, William Fold climbed to the roof of his Harford Street factory in Baltimore to supervise the replacement of a flagpole. A support post that he was holding onto gave way and he fell backwards to his death. Following his death, William's children took over and they marketed many interesting Ouija board versions. In 1966, they retired and sold the business to Parker Brothers. Although Parker Brothers keeps their sales figures confidential, the board has now sold somewhere between 20 and 25 million sets. Yet in spite of its vast influence, there's only few critical books that have been written exposing its dangers. I would find only two in my research. Professor Edmund Gruss's The Ouija Board, Doorway to the Occult, is the best and documents the ancestry of related forms, its modern history and variations, its consequences and hazards, including numerous cases of Ouija Board-related tragedies. Another text is by Stoker Hunt, titled Ouija, The Most Dangerous Game, which contains two chapters instructing people in the use of the board. Not surprisingly, the board is often associated with mediumism, spiritism, and spirit possession. As a result, it should be considered anything but a game, ladies and gentlemen. Nevertheless, it continues to be marketed just as that. A game. Now, many famous mediums began their trade by experimentation with the Ouija board. For example, Miss Pearl Lenore Curran, who became the recipient through the board and later via automatic writing, was well known for the famous Patience Worth material. In 1919, Stuart Edward White and his wife, Betty, were introduced to entities called Invisibles who inspired several books including the Betty book and the Unobstructed Universe. Jane Roberts, famous for her dozen-plus New Age Seth books, is another example. In all three cases, the spiritistic contacts were begun casually and were unexpected. There are so many dangers of spirit possession and other consequences involved in Ouija practice. Nevertheless, even seasoned occultists and psychic researchers warn against using the Ouija board. That should tell us something right there. Well-known medium Edgar Case himself called it dangerous. Edmund Gruss refers to medium Donald Page, who's an exorcist of the so-called Christian Spiritualist Church, who asserts that the majority of possession cases result from involvement with the Ouija board. Page believes that it is one of the quickest and easiest ways there is to become possessed. Now, discussing the relation of Ouija boards to automatic writing, psychic researcher Martin Eben also alleges that possession is a frequent occurrence. He says, It is common that people who get into this sort of game think of themselves as having been chosen for a special task. The Ouija board will often say so either directly or by implication. It may speak of specific tests that the sitter must undergo just to show that they are worthy of this otherworldly attention. Eben goes on to say, I have not been able to figure out why this is so, but quite often the Ouija turns vulgar, abusive, or threatening. It grows demanding and hostile and sitters may find themselves using the board or automatic writing compulsively as if they were possessed by a spirit or hearing voices that control and command them. This is no longer rare. I'd say it's now so frequent as to be common, he stated. In researching for this show, I found many cases where the board would spell out hateful profanities, and on multiple occasions, the planchet or glass would fly off the board on its own and smash into a wall in an angry outburst of the demon. The Association for Research and Enlightenment, also known as AR, that is A-R-E, located in Virginia Beach, was founded by medium Edgar Case. Case was the most documented psychic of the 20th century and an extremely respected medical clairvoyant. According to his son, Hugh Lynn Case, 
the ARE receives countless letters from a great many who are having serious difficulties as a result of trying Ouija boards and automatic writing. Professor Gruss reveals that reading several dozen letters in the ARE files made it obvious that the patterns of development and entrapment were very similar. Hugh Lynn Case wrote that in 1956, there were 274 people who wrote him that were in trouble because of automatic writing or the use of a Ouija board. There is a close link between automatic writing and Ouija practice, and in the early days of spiritism in Europe, the same type of planchet device that's used with Ouija boards was also used with a pencil fitted into its point and was used in historic automatic writing sessions. Psychic Alan Vaughn also points out the following information. He says, It is significant, however, that the greatest outcry against the use of Ouija's has come from the spiritualists. In England, spiritualist groups are petitioning to ban the sale of Ouija's as toys for children, not because of vague dangers of unhealthy effects on the naive or suggestible persons, but solely because they fear that the children will become possessed. Again, we see people in the occult that have sheer concerns for people becoming demon-possessed. And they know that the using of the Ouija boards will lead people into demonic possession. The interesting thing here is that many of them believe that if you know how to use the Ouija board properly, then you'll only operate with positive spirits. That's the view of the spiritists. So they have a fear that the masses of people and the children, they're going to use the board improperly and they're going to make a communication with an evil demon or an evil spirit and it's going to wreck their lives. And even in the spiritist community, they know that the Ouija board is a direct key to invite in spirits. Psychic spiritist Harold Sherman, who's the president of ESP Research Associates Foundation in Little Rock, Arkansas, agrees. He stated, The majority who have become involved with possessive and or other entities came by this experience through the Ouija board. The irony, however, is that despite the warnings, most people continue to view the Ouija board as a harmless pastime. Now folks, spiritualists, psychologists, psychiatrists, medical doctors, theologians, and other informed persons have all given warnings on the hazards of using the Ouija board and similar devices. In spite of all that they have said, it is evident that many people are still ignorant to the dangers that exist. Those who know little or nothing about the occult and the Ouija board experiences don't understand these warnings concerning the quote-unquote innocent use of the board. One who speaks of the physical, mental, spiritual, or other problems which might relate to Ouija use is often viewed as an extremist who seems to be obsessed with groundless fears. This is often the attitude until, through personal involvement, the reality of the dangers is experienced and then the warnings are remembered. Often by this time, permanent damage has occurred. Indeed, the dangers of Ouija boards have been noted long before our modern revival of the occult. Almost 70 years ago, the medium, Carl Wickland, M.D., referred to his own encounters when he wrote of, and I quote here, The cases of several persons whose seemingly harmless experience with automatic writing and the Ouija board resulted in such wild insanity that commitment to asylums was necessitated. He goes on to say, Many other disastrous results which followed the use of the supposedly innocent Ouija board came to my notice. Now that's right out of the medical doctor's files, ladies and gentlemen. And this is historic, documented medical practice. Professor Edmund Gruss refers to a clipping from the files of the famous magician Harry Houdini concerning a Dr. Curry. 
Dr. Curry, a medical director of the State Insane Asylum of New Jersey, stated that the Ouija board was a dangerous factor in unbalancing the mind and he predicted that insane asylums would be flooded with patients if interest in them did not decline. Noted and famous psychic researchers Ed and Lorraine Warren refer to one instance where the Ouija board was used as little more than a joke, and yet it led to the house becoming infested with evil spirits. Even used as a lighthearted joke, it opened up a portal for demonic infestation. There have been movies made about the Warrens' experiences. Noted occultist Manly P. Hall, founder of the Philosophical Research Society, is considered as one of the leading authorities on the occult in this century. In Horizon Magazine for October-December 1944, he recalls, During the last 20 to 25 years, I've had considerable personal experience with persons who have complicated their lives through dabbling with the Ouija board. Out of every hundred such cases, at least 95 of them are worse off for the experience. I know of broken homes, estranged families, and even suicides that can be traced directly to this source. Another authority on the Ouija board, Ed and Lorraine Warren, which I mentioned before, stated in their book titled Graveyard, Ouija boards are just as dangerous as drugs. They're not to be played with. Just as parents are responsible for other aspects of the children's lives, they should take equal care to keep the tools of the devil from their children, especially in an era when satanic cults are on the rise. They go on to say, remember, seances and Ouija boards and other occult paraphernalia are dangerous because evil spirits often disguise themselves as your loved ones and then they take over your life. Right out of the mouth of psychic paranormal researchers who dealt with countless cases across our country. Dr. Thelma Moss, a parapsychologist on the staff of UCLA's Neuropsychiatric Institute, prefaced her discussion of the Ouija board and the probability of the impossible with this quote. Warning, she says, for certain persons, the Ouija board is no game and can actually cause serious dissociation of personality. I would have to comment, that's a nice rational way of saying demon possession. Some incidents of Ouija board use are definitely bizarre, but they have been documented. In some cases, use of the Ouija board, much like astrology, leads to an actual involvement with witchcraft and Satanism. On more than one occasion, the spirits themselves, claiming the participants are now ready for more serious occult work, have suggested that the players graduate to such practices as blood drinking and blood sacrifice. Carl Johnson started dabbling with the Ouija board after occasional earlier brushes with occultism. He said the voices and other eerie stuff began when he and his sister started playing around with that Ouija board a few years ago. He recalls that this led to nightmares, creeping depression, and a suicide attempt which Carl says left him revitalized and thirsty for blood. So he delicately pricked the leg of his sleeping sister and slaked his thirst. Then compulsively he took to sucking blood from slices he made in the arm of a compliant homosexual pal he made, a practice which was shared by other young friends when he organized a satanic blood-drinking coven. Thankfully, it also appears true that many people do not seem to be harmed by the Ouija board. They may have innocently played with it as a child or for fun at a party and suffered no discernible ill effects. Praise the Lord for that. But the problem is, folks, is that no one can tell the outcome in advance. There are also hundreds of cases of innocent or naive occult involvements leading to demonic possession, insanity, financial ruin, adultery and divorce, criminal acts as murder, and other tragedies as the books by Edmund Gruss, Stoker Hunt, and the literature of occultism and parapsychology have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt.
Ouija boards should never be played with by anyone, especially for entertainment, because we know they were never created for entertainment. They were created for demonic communication. Parents listening right now, you should never give a board to your children as a gift. It would be great to see Parker Brothers live up to its corporate responsibility and retain the copyright and refuse to ever market this game again. Unfortunately, the Satanic Portal Opener is, as before mentioned, the second most popular game among children and teens, making it a major source of revenue. But even if Parker Brothers quit making the board, there's tons of other people that are making boards out of animal skins, coffin wood, all types of custom types of boards that you can buy. Many witches are using boards in their covens. People make their own boards. So we can't put the responsibility just on Parker Brothers. Fact is, people can make boards out of anything. All it is is a medium for spirits to communicate through. And I want to mention one other thing real quick. I saw a movie recently. There was a lot of Santeria involved. A boy got demon-possessed. And they had this little game. I'm sure people will remember this game. I think it's called Simon Says. And it's a circular device with four regions. They're four different colors and they're buttons. And this thing was actually being used as a medium to communicate with demons. So basically what, what we see here is the Ouija board is just one example of a method that is purposely intended to foster occult contacts, but there are many others which serve as the same. And if you do your research, you'll see that many people are communicated with Ouija boards in Arabic, in Latin, all different languages. It's really scary. But the Ouija board is what appears to be a universal communication tool a key that opens up portals into the other world, according to Aleister Crowley, but it's also used in so many forms of occult practice. So I've got to remind you guys, it is not a game. It is a key. It is a demonic tool. It is paraphernalia that will open up demonic portals, whether you realize it or not. We're living in a day and age where occultism and spiritism is at an all-time high. Researchers indicate that witchcraft in varying forms and covens makes up the largest religion practiced in America. As Christians, we need to be aware of the wickedness that surrounds us. We need to fight to keep these demonic practices out of our lives, out of our homes, and out of the lives of others who lack spiritual discernment. The Bible has so much to say in warning against practicing any form of magic, sorcery, or spiritism. Leviticus 19.31 Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards, to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. So right there, God says it defiles a man. 2 Kings 21.6 And he made his son pass through the fire, and observed times, and used enchantments, and dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. He wrought much wickedness in the sight of the Lord, to provoke him to anger. It's clear, folks. Dealing with wizards, spirits, enchantments, all this garbage, it will provoke the Lord to anger. As Christians, we should want to bless the Lord and be blessed by Him. We should never want to provoke the Lord to anger. And there's many things that you can do ignorantly as a Christian, not realizing what you're doing, but just because you don't realize it, you're still going to provoke the Lord to anger. So another reason why we do shows like this is we want to educate people on how to live godly lives. We want to wake people up to the deception to these little demonic tools that get into our lives. They're little doorways. So as Christians, we need to make sure that we don't allow these little footholds for the enemy to get in. So many people are convinced it's okay because the spirits prove to be real. That's a telltale sign. When people see that the spirits are actually communicating with them and even they'll do something good sometimes for them, 
people get convinced that it's okay. Oh, it must be good. It must be of God. But let me take you guys to 1 John chapter 4, 1. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Now here's something kind of scary. Revelation 21, 8. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That about sums it up, ladies and gentlemen. Practicers of sorcery and spiritism or whatever you'd like to call it will end up in hell. So many people want to criticize the so-called fire and brimstone talk, but it's real. It's right out of God's mouth, friends. We are to consider ourselves blessed to be warned of these things so that we don't provoke God to anger, but rather we can live a life to please the holy and righteous, loving and living God. It's because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, Yeshua, that we have the ability to repent and turn from our wicked ways and be forgiven of all charges. I want to encourage you with this verse in Acts chapter 20, verse 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Amen. Folks, I'm looking forward to that inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Through Christ, I can tell you I'm sanctified. I'm made righteous through Jesus Christ and Him alone. God loves us so much, folks, that He sent His only begotten Son to live a sinless life and die a horrid death on the cross just to pay for our sins, just to pay for our iniquity. That shows us a pure love that can never be matched anywhere else. And for that, we should be forever grateful as we live to please our Heavenly Father through obedience. If you're listening right now and you haven't accepted the Lord Jesus Christ Yeshua as your personal Lord and Savior, and you haven't accepted His holy sacrifice on the cross to pay for your sins, it is absolutely impossible for you to have a solid understanding of His Word. It's also impossible to find protection from the demonic realm and the days that are fast approaching, friends. And furthermore, it is impossible for you to have peace with Yahweh, the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's the good news. You can start anew right now. You can repent of your sins and you can have the wages of your sins paid in full. Now is the time to repent and turn away from your sins and make right with the will of God. The Bible actually declares that we don't know what tomorrow holds. So we must take action with the time that we have right now. Repentance is the first step, regardless of what you may have heard. This means turning 180 degrees from your past thoughts, actions, and lifestyles that are in opposition to the Most High God. Understand that repentance is a process and it is absolutely attainable because of the grace and mercy and power of God. Because of Jesus Christ and His once and for all sacrifice, you can be forgiven of all of your iniquity and every sin you've ever committed. Yahweh is a jealous God, but He is also rich in mercy. And tonight, if you're willing to admit your wrongs and repent, He is willing to meet you right where you are, and He will show you that mercy right now, friends. The wages of our sin is death, but tonight we can receive the gift of God which is eternal life, but only through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. I am so thankful that God sent His only begotten Son 
Jesus Christ to die on the cross, a living sacrifice who shed his sinless and perfect blood to pay the debt of our sins, which offers us the ability to be seen as blameless before God on that day of judgment. And make no mistake, there will come a day of judgment, ladies and gentlemen. Let today be the beginning of your communion and peace with God as you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you can begin putting on the armor of God and growing in an intimate relationship with Him. It is the will of God that you don't perish, but rather that you repent and enter into a relationship with Him based on His terms. If you're not sure of what God's terms are, I want to challenge you to start reading your Bibles and learn firsthand what God expects from you. If you don't have a Bible, we highly recommend that you pick up a King James Bible, which is easy for anyone to find. Jesus Christ is our only hope, friends, and my prayer is that you believe on Him tonight. That's the most important part of the show, and by far the most important decision you will ever have to make in this life. Amen. It's been an interesting adventure tonight, and I sure hope you've all enjoyed this broadcast. If you ever miss a show or would like to go back and re-listen to an old one, every show is archived on our website, fourthwatchradio.com, all spelled out, F-O-U-R-T-H-W-A-T-C-H-R-A-D-I-O.com, fourthwatchradio.com. There you'll find links to multiple streaming options, and every broadcast is dated and summarized for your convenience. Everything we offer is completely free, including our mobile apps for Apple and Android devices. You can easily click the link on the website to be taken to whichever app store applies to your device. Be sure to stay tuned in every Thursday for all the latest shows. Like us on Facebook, and feel free to add my personal page as well. If the Fourth Watch is ministered to you, and you would like to help support this ministry, you can follow the donate link on our website. I bid you all a week filled with grace and peace in the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll see you all next week. God bless and good night. You're listening to The Fourth Watch with Justin Fall on The Fourth Watch.